0: Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open
1: 24-7 with hot fresh food. Ramon, what's going on? Man, not a lot. I'm still in my workout gear and everything, but you know what? There's no no rest for the week, man. I'm here and ready to go.
0: That's that's the attitude.
1: I like that. I like that. Uh,
0: We got a lot to cover this week, and we're going to start off with the Super Bowl. Uh, where else because that's kind of the point of everything that we talk about it's so funny to me Ron, how always the the dialogue seems to flip right away to the it next does. thing you it know it does Here are the odds for next year's Super Bowl champion. Well, hang
1: on a second. These guys are still celebrating. (laughs) Uh, No, we hadn't had a chance to actually see them at Disney World, Disneyland, whichever one they're at. I think Disneyland if they're in L.A. Uh, we, We hadn't, you know, saw Cooper Cup get his vehicle. None of those things. And it's already like next season on the combine and the draft and the mock drafts. And it's nonstop. It really is. It's almost like, yeah, you got it. Now let's move on. I, well, I don't let's, know if I like that.
0: Yeah, let's not move on. Let's let's go over a couple of things first. Uh, the Rams weren't exactly super impressive, no, uh, to say the least, but they got it done when they needed to, and you mentioned Cup.
1: Are you okay with Cup getting MVP over Aaron Donald? Let's start with that. I know the crowd I'm talking to. Um, I know the crowd that I'm talking to, and I mean Pitt. No, 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 I, yeah, I, I, I get yeah, that. Yeah. I, I know, and I'll say this, if Aaron Donald had have got it, it would have been okay. But Cooper Cup being in a situation where they needed more, I think, from him because that offense had gotten stagnant. And it was almost to the point when OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. went out. I think everybody watching, I'm sure you was in that situation too. Where's the offense? Where's the offense? What are they going to do? The defense was holding their own, but you needed somebody to step up. And I'm sitting on my back patio watching the game. I'm thinking to myself, where's Cooper Cup? And then he shows up and you see why he had the what was it, the triple crown as far as receiving go? This year. Yeah. receiving yards, receptions, and yards. Why not go to that guy? And I gotta give it up for Matthew Stafford, too. He, you know, he battled, he found his guy, he made ways to get him the ball, and they capitalized on him. And I thought it was a really good testament of what it means to be, if not the best wide receiver in the world, one of the best in the in the world, man. He showed up and showed out, and the way he worked. <laughs> The the NFL punching bag, Eli Apple. It, it was only Dude. right, you know. Oh, Eli, oh
0: no, he, he worked
1: them. He, <laughs> as, as, Can we blow taps in the background here <laughs> for poor Eli? Oh Jeez. my gosh! But he did what he was supposed to do. He used his talent, his skill set, and as Coach Tom like to say, he treated him as such. Man, and and
0: I, and I like the I like the fact that uh, that he gets rewarded. In the same spirit that I liked Santonio Holmes getting MVP, uh, even though Ben was the one making the passes, even though Ben was the one that made the prettiest pass Mm -hmm. in franchise history uh, to, to win the championship, because there comes a point for an offense where you just say, that's got to be our guy. Yeah. And and that's like you said, once OBJ goes out, the Rams had no choice. But you know what? The Bengals know that. Yeah. And
1: they still couldn't stop
0: him. Not them. No. Him.
1: Him. And and you know what? Every, everybody's been a part, whether you're a fan, whether you're a teammate or on the team, of watching a game like that or being in a game like that. And you're saying to, some, you're saying to yourself, somebody make a play. I don't know where it's going to come at. And if we're talking about this, AD deserved the, the MVP also. Well, it was him that needed to make a play, too. And his coach said it on the sideline after yeah, seeing, you know, the mic'd up is AD's going to make a play. And I'm just like, well, yeah, that reminds me so much, man. We, we speak about, like, special players. There's a difference in like, I, I was good. Might have been pretty good, too, okay? But then there's special. There's gold jacket special. There's, whether well, there's league MVP special, And that's what you saw from Aaron Donald. And I think you got to tip your head and say that's what you saw from Cooper Cup, too. He became special. Odell Beckham was going to be, I feel like, in my opinion, the focal point of that game. And it was good on Cooper Cup to not, you know, have uh jealousy towards it or envy. He just continued to play his game. Odell was really shaking. Ego up
0: free. To Dude is ego, ego free. Ego free.
1: So to see him become a hero towards the latter part of that game and work that secondary. And I'll give it to him. Cincinnati secondary is not a bad secondary. They're pretty good. And he worked them pretty well and made the catches and got uh yak. When he caught the ball on that one no look pass from Stafford, I thought it was it was it was fitting. I wasn't mad. Cooper Cup got it. I thought it was kind of weird they didn't announce it immediately after the game, you know. And here's your Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, they yeah, kind of yeah. just put the Winter Olympics on.
0: Yeah, well, wonder why. It <laughs> the <laughs> first time anybody would have seen the Olympics this particular <laughs> year. Uh, I also have to ask you about your deep, heartfelt, emotional reaction to seeing the Bengals lose. Oh my god. Tough, huh?
1: Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'ma say it again. It doesn't go away, does it? No, it doesn't go away. <laughs> Screw them, okay? Like go to the pit of misery. If you're if you're good, oh. fine. I'm okay with that. Like everybody's saying, you know, Cincinnati will be back, and truth be told, they might be back. You know who else thought that? I did in my second year with Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's hard to get to it. And I think there's been reports to saying Green Bay is going to buy into what the Rams did. They're going to go because they have a nice nucleus of players, a team. If Aaron Rodgers does come back, they're going to buy in and go get whatever they need to get another championship. The so, all-in approach. The yeah. all-in approach. So um, it's, it's harder than you think. And we all jump to conclusions to say they'll be back. Um, but it, it, they're so early in their career to where that team is – understanding what success is. And also with that comes a bigger bullseye. Cincinnati can't just walk into stadiums anymore. Teams want to beat them. So it's going to be a matter, honestly, of, of how they handle being front runners. They said time and time again in the pre-game just interviews in the two weeks before the Super Bowl, that look, they don't want to be the underdog. Well, you better walk well with that big target on your back too because I know with us being front runners like that, for years,
0: single week.
1: There's no off week. Nope. Absolutely none. So, Joe, carry them if you are, but I had a grand laugh, okay? <laughs> Screw <laughs> Sensi. I'll <play> again. <laughs> Cleveland and Baltimore, too.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Well, that smooth segue, we're going to take it into our first break. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, we're going to talk about some of those odds that have already been set out there in Las Vegas for next year. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster show brought to you by the get-go cafe and market Ramon. It took only about 20 seconds from the clock hitting zero at the super bowl, as I'd mentioned earlier for the odds makers to come out with what's ahead for next year. And not surprisingly, I guess the top two teams are the chiefs and the bills, even though they're both Mm -hmm. in the AFC and even though the NFC just won the super bowl, Mm -hmm. um, We'll get into that in a second. But the Pittsburgh Steelers I saw it. were listed at 60 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl, the eighth worst odds of any team in the league. Ramon, this team would have to suck to be <laughs> the eighth worst team in the NFL. There's no other way around that. Yeah. How do you how do you match up? Those concepts, like a team that has T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward, and uh, how do you how do you think that that could be possible? Who's thinking this and why?
1: The A Force odds, Um, DK is because you don't have a bona fide quarterback yet.
0: It it's just quarterback.
1: It's quarterback, and the reason those two AFC teams, the Bills and the Chiefs, are number ones because they do have one. It's been you know the conversation that nobody's had a bigger leap than Josh Allen as far as his quarterbacking play. And you expect him to get better. And you know Mahomes is always going to push the envelope on anybody that's in the AFC. He actually has an offensive line that's going to put – they'll be together for an extra year. Although I think Orlando Brown is up, I got a feeling they're going to sign him back because they don't have a high enough draft pick to go get a, you know, a a lottery pick of, of a left tackle. I'd say he'd be back there. Pittsburgh, being in a situation, we said it for months. At least I've just been alluding to it with my family. I was like, "Hey, babe, we're about to go to the pit of misery for a little while, okay?" (laughs) Like, and that's okay because we've had a really good run. A thing is about that defense when you have in Cam, you have TJ, defensive player of the year. By the way, congratulations to him again on that. You can't understate that at all. Um, But you, you you have that defense. Thing is, though, you can wear a defense down with as high power as these offenses are. Think about, I talk crap about Cincinnati, but they do have a really good offense, they okay? Do. Cleveland has some tools to where at least if they're smart enough this year with the running game, they can run well and keep Baker within a box of where you need him to operate in. And then again, where you go to Lamar. Lamar, you, you feel like at least they missed the playoffs this year. They will have a bounce back here is what I'd say. At least they're going to be competitive. That's just the North. Okay. And and, and then you got to go on a road and there's a lot of inexperience still with the offensive line. You got to, going to potentially miss Juju and James Washington. And then you got to wonder, is Chase Claypool going to step up and be a leader? When I say leader in Chase Claypool, those two words don't really go the same no. right now from what he's shown us. Yeah. Okay. It's got to
0: be performance with him. It's, it's got to be, be performance. performance.
1: And then you got a young Najee, and then we got to figure out what's going on with Deontay, if they're going to retain him. And, you know, so there's a lot of questions. The surefire things on that offense is Pat Fry- Frymouth and friggin' uh, Deontay. And Najee. Yeah. And Najee, oh, and Najee what, yeah. What three? Those, those, those three right there. Those are the sure things you have on that offense. I love my guys, of course, that I, I, I know that are still there. But this is tough sledding when it comes down to saying Pittsburgh is going to win the AFC North. There's, you you know, and that's okay because what happened the last time this they were in this situation? But there's a difference
0: between saying they won't win the division and saying that they'll outright suck, and and that's what that's what you have when you're talking about the eighth worst team in football. And by the way, their odds were lower than that of any AFC North team, so they're also predicting a last last place place finish for the Steelers. These are not things that happen.
1: Okay. It's, 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 this is a very strong conversation because we're early into the offseason. Of we got to see what moves are going to be yes. made. But if we go off just recent history of when the season ended, unless Matt Canada brings some magical dust to get him to get this offense to where it's not just, what is this out on the field? Three and out, three and out, three and out, and then you start making plays. So we question that. We, we we also question the fact that who's going to be at quarterback, Mason, Haskin, Dobbs. Do you go trade for a guy like Carson Wentz? No, there's a bunch of scenarios out there. So the, the amount of uncertainty is there. And, and this is the other part of it is we, me as a former player, I look at this team and say they're going to compete. Yes, they are, but it's only so much you can do and you're going to have this much turnover. Now, I don't know if competing means uh, eight and nine, You know, nine and eight. Um, Are they two games below 500? What's a good season? You you know, but the other side of this, though, is if this is just a one shot, you know, where they're not as great as you need them to be to go get a quarterback, because we know that's what moved the ticker, DK. It is. That's what's kept us so warm at night for 20 years in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you've had a quarterback, and then what is this offense gonna look like? Like I'm I'm kind of hesitant on Canada because I'm thinking to myself, did he cater to what Ben does well? You know, it might not have been great, but did he cater to it? And if he didn't, what else does he have in his bag that's gonna say yes, this team is gonna compete week in and week out? We don't know, so I think it's a fair assessment to say. You know, they have the eighth-worth odds to win the Super Bowl. I tell you, if you got a little extra change on the side and want to put it on the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, that might not be a bad bet to pull off.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I guess the thing that gets me is that if you're going to say, as people did throughout this past season, not without cause, yeah, that Pittsburgh's quarterbacking play was bad, yeah. and then the season ends – and you predict that they're going to be 10 times worse because of quarterbacking Jeez. play, it doesn't really add up for me. Uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm struck by, this is going to sound like it's unrelated, but it isn't. Every time Ben would roll out to his right, yeah, it was a slam dunk completion. Now he might've only done it like, 10 times the whole season yeah. okay but he would these were designed rollouts they weren't forced rollouts okay yeah hit the ball get out there he'd look up field there were two or three open targets for whatever reason that were never open whenever he would just have a drop back and he'd hit him
1: mm-hmm. and I was thinking
0: to myself maybe maybe and I'm a hard time giving this coordinator the benefit of the doubt. Maybe if this coordinator had someone who could do that sort of thing on a regular basis, they don't have to be Lamar, but just do that sort of thing and yeah. get out. There, maybe we'll see something different. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Which, which is why I say I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to see what this offense is going to look like without Ben, meaning a different quarterback. Of course, everybody's seen you know Tomlin and and Coburn and Canada flirting with Malik Willis Willis a Wills is Willis. From Liberty, Mm -hmm. from Liberty. And this is the other part of it, too, is we got to say this out front. It's not going to be an offense, if that's who they're going after, that you're used to seeing. Can Pittsburgh as a whole honestly handle that, the fan base? And I know all things cures itself if you're winning, but that's the part of like seeing a a non-traditional, you know, smash and dash offense, that might not be it, where you're downhill and running counter zone and inside zone. Um, if that's what Canada is bringing to the to, to the Steelers to operate in this new NFL, then you got to be OK with it also. Um, But the flirting with with, with Malik Willis at, from Liberty says a whole lot about where they want to go. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, Art Rooney himself said that they were talking about mobile quarterbacks and Mike Tom was talking about mobile quarterbacks. That's where the game is heading and so forth. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how all that goes. When we come back, the only position that really matters on a football field is the (laughs) offensive line, I'm told. (laughs) And we will discuss that after this break. (laughs) Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. And, Moan, the offensive line does finally have a new coach in Pat Meyer. It'll be the – Fourth new offensive line I'm coach sweet, sweet. in it is. As many years, okay. including oh, an interim is five, including the interim guy for a couple weeks. He's he left to five. go to Chicago, Morgan Chicago. Was taken away by the Bears. And, and here we are. Pat Meyer has been a coach for 20 years. He's been in the National Football League for nine years, all in the same role offensive line, he's had some successes, he's had some failures mostly failures of late. The question that I have for you here and this is more general than it is anything aimed at Meyer or the Panthers or anything like that. Chargers, yeah, is well, he was good with that. Was the thing, he yeah. was good with the Chargers when he had people, and he went to the Panthers and he didn't have people, and he wasn't any good. Mm -hmm. that's what i want to ask you about is just i realize this is kind of self-evident that the players make the process but at the same time how much difference can and does a coach make with the offensive
1: line it could or worse it could mean a lot to the group number one everybody in that room is going to be relatively new or new to starting and a new scheme officially Mm -hmm. um New direction as far as who's going to be calling the plays. You, you don't you. Everything is new. So him going to get Pat Meyer, I think, fits this. You have Matt Canada. That's got his guy. Not necessarily maybe his pick, but he at least I think had a say so in where what direction he wanted to go in and what He'd guy he to. needed.
0: He'd have to. The,
1: the one thing that you want in this league as far as you're building your staff is people that you can trust. I think the fact that, you know, Surrett was there and Clem was there already and um, the interim guy, I forget his Oregon, name again, Chris Morgan. Oregon. He was already there and you just basically had Canada had to work with the pieces he's given. Now you've seen a new wide receiver coach. You've seen, uh, you know, a new offensive line coach come in. These are people that at least in Canada was there, so I got to work to please Canada. So that in itself may say to you know, to team, whatever direction he's getting is coming directly from me, to whereas Clem or Sean Sorette would probably. Um, living off the last 10 years, doing things their way. This is
0: how we do it.
1: This is how we've done it. So adjust to what I got going on. Now you got a full off season of of Matt Canada saying, Hey, look, Pat, this is how I want you to coach these guys up and teach them. Your technique is your technique, but I need them to be doing these things. So whereas you may have had Clem or, you know, Sean Surrett saying, well, it's better if we do this this way. So it may may have been a knocking of heads when it come down to decision-making. And also it's this, Canada came to the NFL from college, meaning Clem and and Sean Serrett and Morgan had been in the NFL for a long time. Now Canada's got a little bit of weight underneath him. He's got the command of the coach and the reassurance of Coach Tomlin because he brought him back this year when everybody thought that the Matt Canada offense wasn't that great. <laughs> a hit dog is going to holler, huh? <laughs> Point to yourself on that one. Sweat, my
0: arm is way up.
1: <laughs> you raise your hand. So but but now he's got some of his guys. I'd like to think that the offense may flow a little bit better. At least they're on the same page and they can say this is my team. You know how it is going into a room and you the new guy and you're trying to figure out who do I talk to? What do I do in these situations? That's what I'm looking for out of them now as far as Pat Myers, you know, um, coaching—how he's going to teach these kids, these teach these young guys.
0: Teach is the word. Teach is, is the word. Moan, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to jump in and say that Go ahead. when, when I'm in Latrobe, but this is mm-hmm. whatever it was three years ago or whatever, and I'm watching Mike Munchak four years ago, I guess four, it was. Yeah, Mike Munchak. Uh, in that near end zone where you guys would always work out on Chuck Deep in the
1: far corner. Yeah.
0: Nice and close to the reporters, by the way. So we could see and hear everything, including when you messed up and Munchak is talking mm-hmm. to you and to Marquise Pouncey and to David DeCastro and Alejandro Villanueva not in a condescending way, no. but in a way that was like you were rookies. He was teaching mm-hmm. guys who really probably didn't need a whole lot of firsthand instruction. Yep. But he kept showing you things, and not mm-hmm. as
1: reminders either. They no. were new things. You could yeah. tell they they were. And that's the thing I've always admired about Munches. He always taught this: the basics are the basics, and we're going to do those well. If there's something I've seen on film, we're going to adjust to that and we're going to bring it out here on the field so that we can teach you how to do it the correct way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think guys get players, and I hate this, even at the youth level. They get players and think everybody's supposed to do the same thing. You don't teach stuff the way you need to. And because of that, you cause failure to guys that aren't fit for what you're trying to teach them. So because of that, that's one thing I'll say to Pet Myers in that group. Understand your personnel and how you're going to go about teaching those guys day in and day out. Because you say what you want to, there is an expectation to that group, specifically from our past. Like, you better be on top of your game. You better make sure these guys protect whatever quarterback is going to be at center. And this offense has got to look I'd say five times better than what it looked last year. Whatever that's going to be. It better it's 5X. Look, it, I'll tell you this. It, they better not go into a game we're talking about teaching and a mindset to where it's third and one and they're not under center of pushing people off the ball. That can't fly. There needs to be a part of this team this year of young guys that take a stance and say, look, we might not be perfect, but we're going to whoop some you-know-what, okay? That has to be taught this year. There no. has to be an emphasis on all of those things, DK, because they're just so young. And I'm no. hoping this Pat Myers is where, the guy.
0: This is where, since I'm talking to the previous left guard, I can point to Kevin Dotson and say, do you remember when Dotson was first put out on the field? Mm-hmm. What was he doing? Mauler. Boom. Yeah, downhill. Okay, and everything was downhill and straightforward. And I'd like to think that that was at least in part – due to the fact that he wasn't told to do any kind of trickery or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was just told, you are a big bad man. Yeah, Just go out there and kill people, eat them. It- and he did, and he ate them. Yeah, And there wasn't any... Whatever to it. The same thing goes with chukes to an extent because chukes yeah. is so big, so raw. Just let yes. him go. Okay? Let them go. And and that, that, especially when you have a young group and they didn't do that. They had them hesitating and hemming and hawing and lefting and righting and everything.
1: No, it's just like no, no. I, I know, and I I hate it for them. If I can just be transparent, I talk to a few guys in that room and I asked them, "What are y'all doing?" And they would tell me, "I don't know." Offensively, that's not okay. For a young group, like nuts. even back to even back to Coach Coogler when I was early in the league playing, like that mindset you said about Kevin Dyson to just go whoop somebody's ass, like that's what he used to tell us a lot. Like it's a street fight. Like sometimes the technique ain't just going to do it. You just got to go beat a man. And that's what this group should be doing. And then you know the guy. transition with us. Find you a the guy. Tra- the transition yeah. from us when we were just trying to take down the sack total get a good rushing game, and then it became, oh, those guys are finesse guys now. They got a system. <laughs> you remember, re- you saw the you transition. You guys reached
0: your finesse
1: phase. So, yeah, <laughs> it, but, but you had to whoop a whole lot of tail, DK, to make it to that point. Make it to the finesse yeah, phase. Make it to the finesse phase. So, I, I, I man, my second year specifically, I'll never forget, it was in a preseason game, and it was like fight or flight, mom, which one you going to do? You better go prove that you at least belong on this field. I don't care what it is. I received death threats from Philadelphia, okay? In a game, I was taught, look, it was in a preseason game. I got fined like $20,000, okay? (laughs) We're running downfield, and they had our running back hemmed up on their sideline. And i never forget, my wife got on me at the time, too. I ran down the field, and I just took off and just dove at a dude to clean him up off the pile illegal as hell okay oh, yeah Filthy. illegal as hell I remember the linebacker I man I cleaned him up like launched at him but you know <laughs> what I was saying to the coach and Coug, coach Cook told me this after the fact I appreciate your fight your fine is going to be in your locker room real soon <laughs>
0: and we're not helping you with it but here's the What I <laughs>
1: appreciate your fight I never forget it. it was 5000 he checked that I had to take out cuz I wasn't making that much it's like we can't take your whole check Ramon we'll take 5 of it and But that was the the mindset to get to that next point. Then I became a starter. And then when Munch came in, he kind of polished it up a little bit more. And it's like, ah, okay, this is how we play the game. And that's what I'm hoping because his group is so young. If Zach is out there, if, if, I don't know what's going on with his situation. If Dotson is out there, I don't know if they're going to switch Kendrick Green around. You know, I don't know what's going to happen at right guard. I don't know if they're going to sign Chooks back. I've been in communication with him a little bit, you know, as far as free agency goes, and you, you, you got to see what's going to happen. And I think Canada and Tomlin and bringing in their guy at offensive line, I think it could be good if he teaches them that mindset first, DK.
0: That's first. before, And then, of course, that has to be accompanied by the scheme, elite, man. individualized, yeah. but also – What I was gonna say here is individualized instruction because that's what you were talking about the player centric mindset instead of one size fits all. Uh, Because they might not, they're gonna have different strengths. You just look at them and they look different. Kendrick Green looks like he's built different from Dan Moore, Mm -hmm. prototype offensive line. Yeah. And and then there's again Dotson, who's just this you know, this beast. Yeah, Yeah, and it's like it's just you work with each one of them and I'll tell you that I just like the fact that, you know, for the first time in a while, they did go outside. They did bring in somebody. They did. And just walking down the office and pulling up the next guy at the next cubicle, uh, you know, they did something here and, you know, he's got experience, he's got background, uh, he's had some successes and, as I mentioned, some failures. So we'll see how Pat Meyer And we,
1: we've said all this to say – it could be a struggle year, but I think all of us, to a person, at least in my recent history, being with the team, Pittsburgh always finds a way to compete. There's a
0: way. That's I can't imagine some disastrous season. I don't even know what it looks like.
1: It wouldn't. It wouldn't even feel right for the league. Like. No. Whatever weird. it is. I don't think it'll be long live. It'll just be like, okay, we needed a hard reset, which is what we said would happen whenever Ben bowed out.
0: Right, one of those Colts type years. You know what I'm talking about, where the, <laughs> the Colts would like win the Super Bowl and then they get like one and fifteen the next year, yeah. and then and then they'd be right back the year after that.
1: And that's so. what you want. Everybody's due one. Just don't beat Jacksonville, Cleveland, or Cincinnati for the years before now. (laughs) That's it. Or the Browns. That's it. That's
0: (laughs) it. Get in all the obligatory AFC North shots before the credits roll. All right, Moan.
1: Let's do it again next week. No doubt, man. I'm ready,